Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth. From depressed, disempowered, and dependent to flourishing within an incredible life I've created, this podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. If I sound a little bit peeved, I am. (laughs) I recorded this episode, uh, a couple days ago and I actually really thought what I said like I, I liked the flow and I liked the episode and I was excited to edit it and like the topic and everything and I went to edit it about 45 minutes ago and the audio file was blank and I was like what I, I remembered looking at my recording device and seeing the red numbers which means it's recording over 40 minutes And I'm like, what? No, there's no way. Like maybe I just clicked on the wrong file or something and go through whatever. Nothing's coming. And I'm like, shit, (laughs) no, I, uh, I don't like, I, I don't know that I remember everything I said. Uh, I don't want to re-record. I had other plans. I didn't like budget that in time-wise today. And so I go check my recording device and everything looks fine. The, uh, the microphone light is on for the, uh, plug or the outlet, or I don't even know what the proper terminology is, but like whatever one that the mic cable is plugged into, it's on the volumes up. And then I look at the microphone and the microphone button was switched off. And this is so weird because I have, since I have started podcasting, I have never turned the microphone off. I've always left the switch on. I don't know how it got turned off. I'm the only one that uses the equipment. So it's not like somebody else used it and turned it off. So I don't know, but I am, (laughs) I let myself be pissed for a few minutes. And then I was like, okay, universe, you're kind of giving me a little um, exercise in practicing what I preach, especially I had an hour ago posted on Instagram stories a really uh, what I thought was like a a fun little to-do list for the day, but it was things like, well, So the first one was meet ourselves with curiosity and compassion instead of shame and judgment. So needed to apply that, give myself forgiveness and just accept the fact that, you know, this happened. I I should have probably checked and in the future I will definitely check and make sure that the audio is like I see the audio uh, like – I'm really bad at terms today, but like the the bar that shows the volume level is going up and down as I'm talking, like just make sure everything's working, double check to prevent this from happening in the future. Um, release the shame, release the judgment that is obviously coming up, the negative self-talk that is obviously coming up for not having done that and not having that be a practice, just trusting it's always working it on the way it usually is. Um, and then the second thing I posted was Remember that we're not perfect and perfection isn't a measure of our worth, nor is productivity. And then some other encouraging things that I also needed to hear today. But yeah, I just had to accept like I'm a human too and I'm doing my best. I'm juggling a lot right now and sometimes things happen and fall through the cracks and 
I'm still worthy. I'm still equally as worthy. I'm still just as lovable. I'm still good enough. All those things. Um, so that our ego, if you listened to last week's episode, I was chatting with Nick Gavrelis, the founder of Iero Beauty. And he was, uh, we were talking about, but he had brought up ego and how a lot of times it can be really subversive. And it's that critical voice in our head. Uh, the one telling us like we're not good enough or look what you did and shame and judge and all of that stuff. So that is ego too. So I had to do some, you know, calming down of my ego, some love, and then also just come into acceptance and, and choose the perspective I wanted to have. And I was like, you know what? I need to trust that what was meant to come through must not have come through the first take. And so what needs to come through is going to come through on this take, uh, even though I'm feeling a little groggy this morning and maybe not as in my creative zone as I like to be when I do record podcast episodes. Um, I think done is better than perfect. And that's something I've been really working to live by lately. Um, I used to have such an all or nothing mindset and be such a perfectionist. And so, yeah, I, that is a huge win for me being like, you know what, I'm going to show up anyway. I don't have to feel like 1 million percent and perfect in order to, show up and add value and for also what the universe wants to channel through me to come through. So there's this element of trust that we are good enough and not that, you know, we don't prepare. I did prepare for the episode and have things I wanted to say. Um, but you know, at the same time, I think we can, I used to also do this as well, just like procrastinate on things. And it was from like these limiting beliefs about needing to, if what, if like, if it didn't come out perfect, then it wasn't good enough and it wasn't going to help people. And that's just not true. Um, and yeah, I think there is actually a lot of beauty and power in coming, in showing up as you are, as ready as you can be and trusting, trusting that the universe is going to meet you where you're at. And also that we're oftentimes a little bit harder on ourselves than we need to be and probably a lot harder on ourselves than other people are. So anyway, that is the backstory of today's episode. (laughs) Uh, But I think it does tie in today's topic. I wanted to talk about emotional availability because it's something that's been coming up a lot in conversation with people for me lately. And I, it's something I've been really working on a lot the last six months and have seen so much beauty come from this work, so much freedom and joy and happiness. And I think it, it ties into this because I think being able to handle all of the emotions that came up for me when I realized this and process and shift them quickly is something that helps me really be so much better able to show up for bigger and better things. So, you know, if I want to have a business that's scaling and growing, like I need to be able to handle bigger businesses, maybe more challenging, complex, higher level problems, things like that. And that emotional availability is what supports us in being able to do that. So yeah, it's kind of, I think, very connected and related in that regard, because it was like, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to eat some food. I'm going to make some coffee and we're going to do take two. Uh, Whereas in the past, I might have gotten stuck in the shame and the disappointment and the anger and just all of the negative emotions that would have been coming up for me had this happened and might have honestly, two years ago, I probably would have had a meltdown, maybe even a year ago, I probably would have had a meltdown and cried (laughs) and just been upset and definitely not would have gotten back on track as quickly. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a tool. Emotional availability is a tool that can really 
better your life in so many ways that you just don't even realize. Um, and it also flows really well from my, conversa- my conversation with Scout Sobel, who was on the podcast two weeks ago, talking about feeling safe in your emotions. And I think that kind of is another way to say being emotionally available. Okay, entering a quick side note here. I think this is flowing really well. So I'm going to put this week's magic at the end of this week's podcast episode. So you can, if you make it, you can either skip if you don't want to listen or you can just, you'll get it at the end. Um, But I wanted to note that before completely diving in. Okay, so what is emotional availability? So essentially, or maybe maybe it's better to start and explain what emotional, I mixed this up so much on the other day when I was recording as well. I kept saying unemotionally available. It's unavailable emotionally. (laughs) It's a tongue twister. Um, But when somebody's emotionally unavailable, it really just kind of means that they're not comfortable in feeling their emotions and then sharing their emotions with others or being present and responsive to someone else's emotions. And so we hear about this so much in the context of romantic relationships, right? Like, especially there's so much online lately from women. And, you know, I can I have definitely participated a little bit because I have experienced this as well. Um Although the interesting part of it is it, a, a lot of times we are attracting people who are actually where we are at in that area. Um, so I'm going to challenge you guys on that a little because I've had to challenge myself. Um, but a lot of women lately I, I hear are just frustrated and complaining about men being unavailable emotionally. I got it right. I <laughs> got it out. I almost didn't. Uh, you know, and, and it's a thing. And I think it is much more of a, I guess, a, a stereotype for men because, and, and one that has valid basis and is coming from a valid place. Like men typically are not encouraged to feel their emotions and they or in the past, they have not been encouraged to feel their emotions. It's been perceived as weak. That's the narrative they've been told. And they have been kind of bullied or made fun of or emasculated if they show emotions or cry or are sensitive. And it's really toxic because all humans have emotions. All of us do. And all of us need to feel safe expressing them and know how to process them and shift them. That's what creates healthy, stable, emotionally available people. Um, be, that's being emotionally available for yourself. And so if somebody's not emotionally available to themselves, of course they're not going to be emotionally available to other people. And I think what happens is a lot of times people mistake people being or women being, okay, um, my music just started randomly playing on my laptop out of nowhere. Um, this episode, man, I'm like, is is this like such an important message? Maybe like forces of evil or something are trying to stop this from getting out. I'm having so many hurdles. Uh, anyway, so I think women are oftentimes, they often think they're emotionally available because they do cry and they do talk about their feelings and they have lots of feelings. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're emotionally available to yourself it is more emotionally available than suppressing completely so I will I will give women that um, most women I'll give you that us that whoever that Um, but it's still not meaning that you're emotionally available and so to me to be emotionally available means you are able to process you're able to handle and sit with and work through and then move, shift, release like the uncomfortable emotions. You feel safe in your emotions. I think that is a really good definition of emotional availability. And that's not always 
what we as women are doing. Um, and so maybe I'll just use myself as an example, actually, because I, speaking of, you know, being honest with ourselves without shame or judgment, looking back, I realized I have been attracting people who were close to or around where I was in terms of my emotional availability. So my, my husband, my ex-husband, no emotional availability. I also, even though I cried so much, I didn't feel safe in my emotions. I was numbing and escaping constantly or dumping. And I did not feel safe in my emotions. They freaked me out. So even though I was like dumping them and they were like gushing out of me a lot of the times, I felt like they were driving my life. I was afraid of them. I was not in control. I was not in the driver's seat of my life. They were. My emotions were way more in control of me in my life than I was. And meanwhile, he was on the opposite side of the spectrum where he couldn't couldn't really talk about emotions or how he was feeling or how he felt about me. I remember asking him why he loved me. And he was like, well, because I do. Like he couldn't explain it at all. And that was something that that bothered me and built up during the relationship. And I obviously had had done some work on myself, um, especially getting um, after getting out of the marriage. I did a lot more work with just trying to understand myself, my anxiety, my emotions, how to handle them better, how to be less anxious in a relationship. And I attracted somebody who was about where I was just dipping their toes into it and as I have grown and really dove into this and become really emotionally available to myself I just have not really been a match anymore for who I was with and I mean it's one these are this is one element of the relationships you know there are always it it takes two to tango you know anybody who's like completely blaming the other person in any relationship not working out also acting like it's like almost like they were horrible or they did like some, they were just, you know, it's their fault or, you know, blame shifting, putting everything on the other person, acting like they're a bad person, acting like them ending the relationship or the relationship ending is like their fault or bad. Like outside of obviously, you know, somebody cheating on somebody or something abusive, you know, obviously there's always exceptions, but for the most part, I just I think that is a sign of emotional unavailability. I think that is a red flag because I think someone who's truly healthy is going to be able to see both sides, see where things weren't working and also like the other person isn't shitty. Even if they even if you were with somebody who was unemotionally available, you got into the relationship with them and okay, maybe you weren't emotionally available or you were less emotionally available than you are now and you grew. It still doesn't make them a bad person. Like no one owes it to you to grow at the same speed you're growing. Like I think that we put a lot of um, blame on people for not being what we want. But like that's our responsibility to make sure we are with somebody who is what we want. So I think that there's just a level of responsibility that you take when you are emotionally available to yourself because you you can handle knowing that you could have done better while not bullying yourself. And that I think is, is really powerful. And I think it, it lends to just, you're able to up level so much quicker. Um, and you're, you're in your power, you're taking responsibility for yourself in your life. Um, but I digress a little bit on that. But so anyway, I, I really have been diving into this and working to be emotionally available to myself and I'm just not available now for people. And I've even seen this with friendships and it's, it can be hard. Um, and it's not that you don't, 
communicate to people and try to call them in or try to work through things. I am such a huge fan of that. I think that is the route to go before having to step back from someone, you know, in whether, whether in a small way or a big way like a breakup or cutting somebody off. But it's just so interesting that as I've gone from, I mean, I used to be such a dumper, you guys, like that's a sign of emotional unavailability. When you are dumping your feelings on other people, I used to do this all the time. I mean, I, my friends would get 15 minute voice notes from me sobbing, sobbing. And yes, it was better than keeping it in. And it was a step towards emotional availability and don't judge yourself if you do this at all. Meet yourself with love and compassion because at least you're stepping towards, you're getting them out, you're feeling them. I think for me, the big next step came when I started to learn how to handle them myself, how to not put them on another person and not expect other people to fix me or my emotions or fix the situation or make it better. Uh, that's when I really started to feel a huge shift in myself and I started to actually feel emotionally stable and actually enjoy relationships because I wasn't, I was actually, I wasn't going to the person needing something, like needing them to make me feel better, needing to get stuff off my chest. I was going to genuinely enjoy the time and there's, there's nothing wrong with like having needs and having other people meet your needs and sometimes we need to vent million percent there's nothing wrong with venting but I think it's it's a the you know is the status quo when you're feeling difficult big emotions are you running to somebody else or are you tuning inward having a conversation with yourself and asking yourself like what you need and giving it to yourself and allowing yourself to sit with the emotions to feel them to express them journaling is amazing I journal a lot when I am like just having a lot of feelings I tap a lot and then, you know, moving and shifting the emotions um, oftentimes comes for me through through crying. Um, it's yeah, it's one of the most powerful ways our body uh, releases emotion. And it's um, I think so healthy. I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of crying. <laughs> um, I, I also release positive emotions through crying, by the way, like I especially in my visualizations during my meditations, I cry tears of joy a lot. Uh, from what I'm visualizing and I just think it's yeah I crying is just so powerful I always feel such a release and so much better and more regulated after crying it's how we regulate ourselves as well if you are not able to handle your emotions you are then that this is when relationships do kind of become codependent like you're using the other person to do something that you should be doing for yourself and I love how the boundaries book talks about this it's a, a fantastic book on boundaries it is from a religious perspective but I found it to be completely in line with positive psychology and just had so many amazing takeaways. And I I definitely recommend it as a great book to read on boundaries. Uh, and I just love how in the beginning he describes and this like, I remember reading this and it was like such a shock for me. But he, he talked about how like we each have our own knapsack in life. Um, so like, I guess the, the setting was like, you're, you're a hiker on hike and each hiker has its own knapsack and we're supposed to carry our own knapsacks. And, you know, with this, you know, comes compassion because when you have trauma and PTSD and things like that, 
I feel like it's like to keep with this analogy it's like an injury it's like (laughs) a broken leg sometimes that bad or a concussion or um, a sprained ankle or um, an aching back like it can you know vary in terms of intensity but I do like I think that needs to be put like that needs to be considered you know when you are thinking about this like that stuff hurts us and you do need support sometimes from a crutch which ideally would be a therapist Uh, I think that's probably or a coach depending um, you know somebody to help you heal those parts that are not working so that you can be a healthy stable person carrying your own knapsack and then he also talks about how then sometimes there's a big boulder in the path and you know or um somebody falls down they need help getting back up like sometimes you do need other people to help you when those bigger harder things in life happen like we're not meant to live life alone this is not meant to be a you need to be you know able to be completely independent and not have any relationships relationships are healthy and important but it's this this analogy that I think makes it so simple and clear that you know we really are supposed to be taking care of our stuff first and foremost and then other people are like the icing on the cake the cherry on top they're there for support when you know life is getting a little bit hard and we need a little bit extra love and support in our life and it's, I think that with emotions and emotional availability is, you know, was the biggest shift for me was no longer outsourcing doing this and actually learning how to do it for myself and how to really be there for me when things were hard. And it's just added so much lightness to my relationships. It's I've allowed me to have so much more fun to talk about fun, light, heavy, to- or fun, light, heavy, fun, light, like interesting topics because it's not like whatever hardship I'm going through and all the emotions and stuff that are coming up for me about that. And it's, it's just so interesting how, as I have become really emotionally available to myself, it's just been really hard for me to be able to hold space for people who, who dump. Like I've had to pull away from several friendships in my life because they would just dump on me. Like as soon as I would see them, sometimes it would just be dumping. Like I would feel their entire emotional world and their chaotic energy just like dumped on me and I was like whoa 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 like this isn't mine uh I this feels really uncomfortable because I stopped being a participant in these codependent dynamics where it was just like a a, you know a dump fest or a, a dump exchange and so you know it's it's definitely shown me where I was emotionally unavailable in the past. And so the difference is it's really cool to see. It's also allowed me to be a much better friend and have much more deep and intimate relationships with the people in my life who are healthier emotionally because uh, I can hold space for them and because we can really go deep and talk about things and it is balanced and healthy and I'm not dumping on them. And it's really bettered my life in so many ways. And I think another way it's actually bettered my life is I'm able to handle disappointment better and so I'm able to actually manifest better because I'm able to step away from the things that aren't what I want and pass those tests and up level. Whereas in the past, I think it was just so emotionally overwhelming to me and scary to me to um, even to like end relationships or to, yeah, to, to lose anybody. I mean, I definitely had abandonment issues, but I think overcoming that is developing the emotional capacity to handle the fear and and challenge those beliefs too, um, rewire those beliefs that that I was being abandoned when I actually wasn't. Um, but it's being able to be like, yeah, this is going to hurt. I'm going to miss somebody. It's going to be sad. But I also know that this is not the kind of relationship I want, whether it's a friendship or a romantic partnership. Like I 
if it's not what I want, I like there will be uncomfortable emotions. There will be disappointment. There will be pain. Of course, there's always a fear of the unknown. Of course, you know, whenever we let go of something, it's going to come up for us like, well, what if something better doesn't come in? And that's the limiting belief that you have to rewire, but you need to be able to handle the discomfort in order to let go of things that aren't what you want and aren't serving you to be able to be available to things that are more what you want. And I've been I've been experiencing this lately. I've finally been having a lot more capacity to let go of things and in doing so, it has just been, it's been actually wild, you guys. <laughs> um, it's been really wild seeing how I was blocking myself because I wasn't able to handle the emotional pain of letting go of the things that weren't working um, or the fear. And once I started to be able to and started to let go and trust and hold myself through the discomfort, it's wild how quickly so much better things have come through that were way more what I wanted. Um, It's really, really, really cool. And so I think emotional availability is really, really important for really upping your manifestation game. If you want bigger and better in your life, you've got to be able to handle letting go of the things that aren't what you want. And that means, for the most part, handling the uncomfortable emotions that come with letting go. It's probably like, I mean, yeah, there's practical stuff, but like, let's be real. Most of it is the emotional side of things that is holding us back. That's making us not let go. And it's not that the universe punishes us. It's just, we don't have space. And it is like, it's saying that we're still a match for the thing we don't want to truly be a match for what you want. You have to be unavailable for what you don't want. And that takes being able to handle the emotions of the up level. So before I go into kind of, I want to walk you guys through like how I am emotionally available to myself, like give you an example of what I do when something happens and how I shift and how I've been shifting quicker and quicker. I I wanted to talk a little bit about where emotional unavailability comes from um, because I think it's really interesting. I actually, you know what? I actually got to have a really cool conversation. This is a great uh, way to explain one of the major ways that people become or people are why they are emotionally unavailable. I had a conversation with my ex-boyfriend's mom last summer at a, we were actually at um, his brother's house for his brother's uh, new baby, their birthday party. And um, his parents have been divorced for a long time, like 15 years, I think. And she was there as well as um, her ex-husband, my ex-boyfriend's dad, um, and they were all there and he has a new family and everything and she doesn't and she was just having a really hard time. She hadn't seen him in a while and I was out on the porch chatting with her um, and talking with her about it and we got onto the topic of emotional unavailability because of her ex-husband but then also she started talking about her sons and how she used to, and, and this comes from love, obviously. I think, you know, one of the things that's so important is to really have love and compassion. Obviously, you know, outside of anything, you know, abusive, it's, it's a fine line. Um, but I've had to really learn to see the whole picture, which as I've become emotionally available to myself, I've been able to handle more complex emotions and more complex situations and see how, you know, Yes, things that were done to me were really hurtful and painful and technically abusive and damaging and caused a lot of trauma, but also 
like the people in my life, most of the time were doing the best they could and it was not intentional. It was not intentional abuse and it was not meant to be what it was. And she was sharing that, how she actually regretted so much how her, she just didn't want her sons to feel any pain or negativity. She felt so bad about the divorce. Like she just, anything, she would try to protect them from any negative feelings or emotions or just make them feel better right away. And like, this is something that I feel like is really common for a parent to want to do. Like, I'm sure I'm going to struggle. Like, I'm not going to want to see my child hurting or in pain. I mean, even my cat, I hate even seeing Miko uncomfortable. So clearly I'm going to need to work on this if I'm going to have kids. Hopefully I'm going to have kids. So um, yeah, I'm going to need to work on this. But it's, yeah, it's like you that this is where you build emotional availability. It's when you're a child, it's being able to express. If you weren't able to express and feel safe in your emotions as a child, that's probably why you're not able to do it as an adult, which is why I, there's always a reason. And I really, this is such a like deeply rooted belief of mine and something that's helped me so much with having compassion for myself is there's always a reason for why we are the way we are, especially the things that we don't love about ourselves, the things we're doing that like we uh, beat ourselves up for or feel ashamed about or wish we could change. They're usually some in some way shape or form they did serve us or they do serve us or protect us Um, even if they are hurting us more than helping us they are safe in what our nervous system knows our brain knows and so it's it you know that feels more safe than the scary unknown even if it would be better so you know give yourself grace obviously but yeah a lot of the times people had parents who were they obviously cared so much they didn't want them to feel sadness or discomfort or pain or whatever it would be um, also another, another, another side of that, another reason is when people, when parents like would send you to your room or, you know, you weren't allowed to disagree or you weren't allowed to be angry or you weren't allowed to be sad. Um, you know, if you were shut down or sent to your room or yelled at or told to stop or told you couldn't express emotions as a child, of course, like that is going to contribute to you not being emotionally available today because it wasn't safe you weren't allowed you weren't used to it so I think that it's you know a lot of us this stems from childhood and having parents that weren't emotionally available because you know if they couldn't handle our emotions as children and allow like give us create the space for us to to feel the emotion to feel safe feeling the emotion and to process it and move it teaching us that we can handle our emotions and that they are safe and that we are in the driver's seat then of course we're not going to be emotionally available today but oftentimes it's because they weren't like they didn't know how to handle the pain they were it's you know the parent's own discomfort seeing the child that the parent can't handle so then it's not letting the child feel the feeling um, or have the emotion so it's just I'm excited because I feel like there's so much coming out on this nowadays and there's so much being said so much information so much healing happening and so we are really learning how to handle our emotions as a society and it just yeah it's just life-changing it really does create so much inner peace stability safety within yourself um, control in your life I mean how many times have you reacted in your life and then regretted it and it did damage and that, that was sometimes irreparable right so many times on my end you know and I love that for the most part I respond instead of react nowadays and it's because I've learned how to handle my emotions 
okay, so what 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 does this look like in real time? And I'm going to tie it into maybe how I handle stuff with people because this is not an example with people. But I thought this was a good example. So the other night I was getting into my bathtub at like 9.30 and I was just feeling negative, discouraged, kind of beating myself up. Um, and meanwhile, at the same time, trying to convince myself to that I needed to work for another three or four hours um, and that it would be OK to stay up working till midnight, even though I was going to try to go to bed by 11. Um, and I, I did want to get nine hours of sleep. And your girl loves her sleep. She needs nine hours of sleep, <laughs> eight to nine. It's not that I can't function, but I feel my best when I get eight to nine hours most night. And um, so I, I, I make that a priority because I want to show up my best for myself and for others. But I... Yeah, I was just I had about five things left on my to do list for the day that I did not get done. And I was just not happy about it. And I was beating myself up. And I, of course, and this is this is often half the times what's going on with there's always a deeper thing going on than like what it seems like on the surface. Like it's oftentimes not about the actual thing. Like it wasn't really about the fact that I had four to five things left on my to do list. Right. It was about the fact that I was assigning all this meaning to those things. And I was like, you didn't get this done, you know, and there were some emails that I had left unanswered that I really was like telling myself I needed to do to that day and that I had been really thinking to myself I really needed to get answered that day and I was like they're gonna think you're unprofessional like they're gonna not want to engage back they're gonna like you know the whatever like you know how there's kind of like energy in emails back and forth or text it's like if you take forever to respond like the kind the momentum dies so I was like making up stories in my head about how you know the person was gonna be annoyed or think I was rude or unprofessional or you know they weren't can answer back because like the momentum died and like all these false narratives I was creating about not answering the emails and then I had wanted to do a whole uh, round on socials that day and I, I just hadn't gotten to it and I was beating myself up like you know I need to be posting every day and making up these stories like you know I'm not going to hit my income goals and I'm not going to have good engagement and like all this stuff and like sure there is some truth to all of this stuff but I'm creating these big negative scenarios that aren't necessarily true um, in my head and I am believing these lies and believing that they're going to lead to these negative big things like people not liking me or um, not having the income I need. And it's like, sure, those are real fears and those are potential things that could happen. And like, yeah, I need to show up and do certain things um, in order to have the things I want in life. But I just, you know, we make up these big stories that aren't true. And so I, I caught myself in this spiral with all of these emotions that were starting to like compound and get pretty intense. And I was like, whoa, 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 what is going on here? And so I, I had myself just kind of talk to myself and I do use a journal a lot of the time, but since I was in the bathtub, <laughs> I didn't have my journal. And so I was just like, I just got out to myself in my head, like everything I was feeling and like, I'm really stressed about this. And I let myself just get it all out and like put it all out there. And then I was like, okay, is this all true? Well, of course it's not true. Of course it's not absolutely true that if I don't respond to the email at 10 p.m. tonight, instead of 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, like I'm like they're that it's they're not gonna like me or they're not gonna email me back or they're gonna think I'm rude or unprofessional. Like that's assuming also the worst in that person, like that they don't have compassion for others and they aren't understanding. Um, but I was like, well, that's not ultimately true. And also like, okay, I didn't post today. That doesn't mean that my business is doomed. 
Like my business doesn't just ride on that. My business rides on energy and so many other things. And how many other times have I posted this month? Like, so I was able to like talk myself down off the ledge of all these things that I was believing that were like extreme catastrophizations. And then I was also able to take a step back and remind myself that I had been working and being productive nonstop since 9, 9.30 that morning. And I was like, I've been working for over 12 hours. I deserve a bath. I deserve a break. I'm not a machine. This is all like coming from scarcity. I am doing my best. It's not like I sat on the bed twiddling my thumbs all day long and then I'm beating myself up because I didn't do these things. Like, no, I was doing other productive things that I needed to, to get done that day. And I was like, wow. I'm so hard on myself. Like, why Why am I hard on myself? And I tried to just get curious and really understand where the fears were coming from and allow myself to feel the fear. And once I kind of, you know, expressing and accepting can kind of, sometimes one comes first. Sometimes I need to accept how I'm feeling if I'm so wound up before I can kind of express and start to process. Um, Sometimes I express and process and then I kind of accept it. Um, But I was really just, just kind of getting it all out and accepting that I felt that way. And then after I accepted, I felt that way and got it all out and started processing and digging into, okay, like, well, why do I feel this way? I was able to start understanding that my feelings were really not like grounded in truth and grounded in the mindset that I've chosen to have for life, which is an abundant mindset. And I was able to actually start celebrating myself. And, you know, I think a really great, if, if you, if you, struggle to know how to do this to yourself in real time and you're like okay I hear how you're doing it but I'm not sure how to do this for myself think about this this helps me so much treat yourself like you would a small child how would you talk to a little girl who is all wound up and shaming herself and stressed out you'd be like hey what's going on and have her get it all out let her kind of accept she feels that way acknowledge her acknowledge her feelings because what we resist persists you've got to accept it and then start to shift challenge what what's actually going on is it actually true and kind of shift into a viewpoint and a perspective that's more true and also validate yourself celebrate yourself I really needed to celebrate myself for showing up that much that day. I got so much done that I hadn't gotten done. I I really have been stepping into being more efficient and productive uh, over the last couple of months. And it's something I'm really proud of because I feel like I, I don't know, I feel like I felt burnout a bit in the last year or two just with everything I've gone through emotionally. I've been doing so much work on myself like emotionally and internally that my external production hasn't looked quite the same. The output hasn't been the same and it's been easy to judge. Um, But I've had to really check myself and be like, okay, this like it's valid that you feel this way, but you've been doing this other work and this other work is equally, if not actually more important because the the better you feel internally, the better you usually show up externally. And so I was just, I celebrated myself. I celebrated everything I did get done and how I have been growing and I have been more productive and all of these things. And I just felt so much better after I, And I actually was able then to go and work. I was excited to go work. And I only worked though for like another hour, hour and a half. And I went to bed at 11. And it just was a total shift from all of this like discouragement and fear and shame 
into feeling really good about myself and proud of myself, but then being excited to do a bit more to help me feel better the next day. Very different energy. And it's just, it's just one example of how I work with myself during the day-to-day tasks um, when emotions are rising and starting to block me and get me feeling off. When, when it's something that's with people, um, I, I've been trying to make sure I take time to process independently. I used to really just be explosive and react and I've more and more been able to say like, Hey, I'm really upset or angry. Um, I'm going to go into the other room and then come back after I've processed and felt my feelings to have an actual conversation. And like, if you think about it, like this is exactly what you would want to do with another person and what they would want you to do in a conversation with them. This is how you're emotionally available to the other person, right? You hear all of their feelings. Like if they're telling you that they're hurt, you hear them out, you validate their hurtness, you apologize for anything that you need to apologize for. You know, there is personal accountability with yourself that you should have too. Um, I didn't need to apologize for, to myself for anything that day because I had worked my ass off all day. <laughs> if anything, I, I needed to apologize. Actually, I did. I apologized to myself for beating myself up and not seeing that. But um, that wasn't an apology for like that, what I had done that day that was causing the feelings. Um, sometimes with another person, like if you actually did do something that caused the feelings, sure, apologize. And then you can also share your viewpoint. It's about like holding space, validation, acceptance, but then also coming back to what's true and, you know, figuring out how to move forward and getting getting to an understanding that feels good for both people. And so I think it all starts with just, you know, what most people are not good at is being able to hear, feel, accept emotions from themselves, from another person. And that's really the the steps that I think are so powerful in being emotionally available. You know, it's the uncomfortable emotions, the uncomfortable conversations. They aren't the enemy. The real enemy is not being able to handle them and hear them and face them because that's what keeps us stuck. That's what keeps us blocked. And The other side of that is really being in your power and being able to experience so much more, handle so much more, manifest so much more. Um, There's just so much amazingness on the other side of emotional availability. Okay, I hope that was helpful uh, in just kind of scratching the surface here. It's this word is or this term emotional availability is being thrown around so much, talked about so much. It's such a buzzword. It's such a a way for people to be like, you know, dismissive of somebody uh, like, oh, they weren't emotionally available. And I'm like, well, what does it mean? Are you emotionally available? Where does it come from? What does it look like? How do we practice it? How do we be it for ourselves and then for other people? So I just wanted to scratch the surface a bit today help you guys have a bit more of an understanding about it all and what, it, what at least what it's looking like for me. I'm sure I will have a much deeper understanding and more to share on it, you know, six months from now, a year from now, you know, we're always learning, we're always growing, but this is what, what it's been for me and how it's been really serving me and helping me, um, mainly in just being able to manifest so much more, so much better, have more deep and intimate relationships, um, and be able to truly up level because I'm not, I'm not stuck in things from the past or that aren't working or that aren't serving me because I can't handle the emotions of letting go and moving on and um, just change and uncertainty. So it's it really is such a powerful tool to have in your pocket. And if you have any questions, obviously you guys know where to reach me. My email is always in the show notes. Um, my Instagram handle is as well. You can always DM me and I hope 
you enjoyed. And if you did, honestly, it helps me so much if you rate and review the podcast, share it with a friend who you think would benefit from it. Um, It always, every little bit helps and I really, really appreciate it. And last, before we end this week's magic, oh my gosh, this week's magic, I am still like just enjoying so much. I got a restock from Sol de Janeiro. They are like a beauty brand, mostly like body wash, uh, moisturizer, body butter, uh, perfumes, things like that. And oh my gosh, everything smells so good. Uh, They restocked me on their body scrub and creamy body shower soap. Um, I'm, I I don't think it's a gel, but um, I'll have both linked. They smell so good. The scrub leaves your skin so soft and smooth and like hydrated. And the the shower gel, it just, it smells incredible. It's creamy. So it's also super hydrating. I have just been like transported to a tropical vacation. This is literally, if you listen to my episode on how I manifested my trip to Ibiza, and this is like when it started, I, they actually had had me um, in for a beautiful lymphatic drainage massage experience back in January when their firming body oil launched. And I was like manifesting on the table the whole time. I was so high vibe, kind of like I was definitely like half asleep. So, you know, was able to be tapping into my subconscious a little. I was visualizing a little bit and it was just like, wow, I was just enjoying it so much and visualizing me. And I was like, I even said it on stories. I was like, I am considering this foreshadowing for the tropical vacation that I listed on my 2023 manifestation list. <laughs> and I totally manifested it. But that, that that was the start. And they're just, it just, every single time I smell it, I just am transported away for a few moments. And I know like I I sound I feel like I sound cheesy saying this I'm not joking though like I used to think it was cheesy when you would see the commercials the chocolate commercials on tv and somebody would get like act like they were transported to another realm but I have been trying to set aside moments for like indulging my senses lately and I am getting transported some so it's not as cheesy as you think when you're actually (laughs) truly like it's like the receiving right receiving the joy, the pleasure, the goodness in life, uh, making making moments to to do that, I think is so powerful and helps you manifest a little bit. So I will link both the scrub and the shower soap in my show notes. They are, they smell so good, so good. Such an addition to my shower routine. So um, if you're looking for something to just add a little bit of joy to your life, highly recommend. <laughs> 